You're listening to Rangers Rumblings, the Texas Rangers-centric podcast. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Hayden Smith. You can find me on Twitter at BUHMoney. And today is Wednesday, September 28th. The Rangers have four games left in the regular season, if you can believe it. I was actually thinking about this over the last couple of days, the fact that the regular season ends on Sunday, and I am really, really glad that that is not where my team's season ends. Um, it just seems way too early for the end of the season. Um, so fortunately, we'll have an extra month of baseball here for the Rangers. Um, yeah, all eyes are on the postseason. So as I ended my last podcast with... Um, going to keep things what was it it was a three p's positive in the present and on the postseason so that's what i'm going to focus on um before i dive into that um i guess not really positive note is of course you've heard the news about jose fernandez and um i am by no means a journalist or some kind of person who would have any sort of connection with anybody in that organization or that side of the country or anything like that. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I've, I've been profoundly affected by this Jose Fernandez news. Um, I couldn't believe it when I woke up, uh, Sunday morning and, uh, even today it just keeps hitting me like fresh, just thinking about him just laughing on the mound and, and that that's over, you know, we're never going to see that again. Um, and it just, uh, it just keeps nagging at me, just keeps gutting me. Um, I can't imagine what it's like for those, uh, who are close to him. So, um, definitely keep his, uh, his family and his friends and his teammates in your prayers. Um, I encourage you to, um, if you're feeling like I am gutted about this, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of, uh, really good media and reports done out there that'll just, help you feel things and help you put it in perspective, I guess. Um, one was Buster Olney's podcast from yesterday on Tuesday. Um, there was some good stuff in there, um, some good stories. Pedro Gomez appeared and, and talked about uh, the importance of uh, of Jose in that Cuban-American community in Miami. And Cispedes, uh, uh, Family Barbecue, that's a, a, a blog and a podcast. They did a podcast about Jose Fernandez that was just two guys talking about how just monumental of a loss it is. And, um, of course, all of the highlights and stuff, um, D. Gordon's home run and, and everything else is just, um, I don't know, I've been consuming of much, as much of it as I can because I just, I don't know, I want to be connected um, to this moment. And it, it it's huge and... I still can't believe it. Um, Jose Fernandez gone at age 24. Um, the most prolific strikeout pitcher that has ever played baseball um, in terms of strikeouts per batter faced. That's it's uh, it's amazing. He was he was a transcendent player um, in the way that he played the game and how he how he excelled. Um, so, anyways, um, with. How can you move on? I guess we'll just, you know, jump right into actual baseball and the Rangers. Um, positive postseason present items. Uh, one thing that I really love to do and that is a blessing, I guess, to be able to do is just speculate about a playoff roster. Because if you're getting to, to, you know, 
write up drafts of playoff rosters, then there's a pretty good chance that your season's going well. So um, what I think is most intriguing, there's, there's kind of two factors to this that I that I will really be paying attention to and, and Jeff Bannister's sound bites and stuff um, is in regards to a seven- or eight-man bullpen, which would be a, a, a long or short bench in terms of position players. And then also what he chooses to do with uh, Jerks and Profar. So those things are definitely related because, you know, if you have an extra bench spot, then there's, a, I guess, an extra chance that Profar will make the team or, or you know, there'll be a spot for something else to happen. Um, but it's just, it's really interesting because we have so many kind of different ways that you can slice it. Um, Shin Shu Chu is in the mix here, uh, looking to get back into the major leagues by Friday against the the Rays to uh, close the season out and get some major league level at-bats before the playoff starts. Um, You have a bunch of bullpen arms like uh, Tanner Sheppers. He's made a strong case for himself. Uh, Jeremy Jeffress, he's just come back. uh, He looked good in his appearance the other day and certainly has, you know, a good history behind him. And we acquired him for him to be on the playoff team. So, you know, he's got a pretty good shot. Alex Claudio, you know, he's not a power arm and he's more of a, a long relief arm, but at the same time, he's been extremely effective. Uh, what do you do with Derek Holland and, uh, or um, AJ Griffin? You know, what do you do with those guys? Do you stick them out of the bullpen? Um, there's just so many variables going into this that I think it's going to be really interesting. So um, I guess without further ado, before I talk into circles anymore, um, I think that we should go with a seven-man bullpen. Bannister has indicated that they're leaning towards eight. I understand the thought process about eight. He says that you can really shorten the game up. You know, the idea is that if you have more relievers, then, you know, you can have more power arms, I guess, more specialized arms, more fresh arms um, to get a big strikeout, ground out, pick, pitch a big inning, something like that. But with the way that our relievers have been so... Um, adept at pitching multiple innings. Um, I really would rather have an extra guy uh, being able to come in and pinch hit or pinch run or play some defense um, rather than having an extra guy to pitch an inning. Um, So let's see. I have written down here. Let's see. O'Kella is one of those guys that's on the bubble. So anyways, I'll just jump into all the bubble guys. So I have a handful of these guys written down here, and you have to take five. Um, they all have uh, pros and cons for why they should be on the playoff team, and we'll just see what happens. Um, Colby Lewis, I think that he is the strongest candidate to make the playoff team in terms of just probability. Um, the history is with him, but I do not think that it's a it's a uh, guarantee that he'll start in the playoffs. Um, just because he's looked really shaky since coming back from the disabled list. Um, so I think that if he just has one good start, that will restore the confidence of the team. I think that he will get that start in the ALDS. Um, but, you know, it certainly isn't a guarantee. Tony Barnett, he needs to get healthy. Fortunately, he is healthy. He pitched uh, last night, and he, he did well. Um, honestly, I wasn't really even concerned about the results. Just getting him out there um, is a win in and of itself. Um, Alex Claudio. Um, like I mentioned before, he's been extremely effective. And I, I honestly, I think that the only way that he wouldn't make the team, the playoff roster, is if the team tries to get cute. Um, 
and not that I don't trust the roster or trust the front office and the management and stuff like that, but I can, I just can kind of envision them putting on Derek Holland in the out of the bullpen rather than keeping Alex Claudio there, and I think that's a bad move. I don't think that's a winning move, um, but I think that that would be a move to kind of um, appease the veteran, um, you know, kind of trust the guy that's been there before. I guess I don't know. Um, but I, I am certainly a Claudio fan and, uh, I know a lot of people out there are as well. Um, Jeffress, um, I, I'm glad that he's back. He's, he's got a week, I guess now he's got four games left, um, to prove that he's good to go. Um, he did, uh, he did well in his one outing. So let's see if he can, uh, inspire some more confidence, uh, here in the season's final week. Kella, Kella is an interesting guy because we all know how good he can be, but he's been so ineffective for such a long period of time. I'm not exactly sure if having a good final week or final stretch of games is going to really be enough to propel him into the playoff roster. Um, if he if he does make it, I think it'll be kind of at the it'll he'll be the seventh or eighth man added. I think um, guys like Matt Bush. And uh, Tony Barnett have definitely, well, I don't know, uh, definitely, but it seems like they've leapfrogged him in terms of superiority. And then uh, Tanner Shepard, of course, which is seems to be the huge shot in the arm that we did not see coming um, after being so ineffective for so long and being hurt and all this stuff. Uh, he's come back in September and just shut it down. Um, I think that he certainly will make the playoff roster. I think that he'll be... Uh, to this season, what Kella was last year, and just a really hard throwing throwing righty um, that can get you strikeouts. Um, I'm not 100% confident in him. I would not run him out there in like a bases loaded situation in game one or something like that. But um, I think that he's he's done everything that they the team could have asked him to. And when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, um, like I said, I think that the really interesting thing will be to see what the team does with Jerks and Profar, who has certainly had his moments of uh, just really big hits and plays in the field. And he's looked he's looked good, and he certainly is a winning piece. But is he a winning piece in a five-game series in October 2016? I don't know. Um, I think that it depends on how the rest of the, of the roster is constructed. I think that if Sin Chu Chu is ready to go, and he's going to go ahead and be the leadoff man, um, that that changes things, of course. Because if Chu is not here, then Gomez is certainly going to start. He's probably going to lead off in the playoffs. Um, if Chu is here, Gomez might platoon with Mazzara. I think that will happen. Um, but then you have Mazzara or Gomez or both of them on the bench um, at a given time. And that's two out of three or two out of four, okay. And then you have Robinson Trinos because you have to have your backup catcher, okay. Now you you're up to three, and then do you give? Now you have one more bench spot, and I don't think that Profar. Um, he certainly doesn't have the speed to be a, a pinch runner in the postseason, and he doesn't have the bat to supersede Gomez or Mazzara off the bench, and I think that they should go to a five-man bench in the postseason, as I've already said. Um, so I think that Ryan Ruiz should be on the roster. Um, and then you just have another player there who would be behind, or who would be ahead of Profar in terms of pinch hit opportunities. 
Um, so I just don't think that there's a spot for Profar on the playoff team um, just in terms of his skill set because the playoffs are specialized. You know, um, you're looking for a guy who's going to be your right-handed pinch hit bat, especially with Mitch Moreland on the roster. So Ryan Rue is the guy. Um, you're you got to have your backup catcher. You got to have your speed guy. Um, so that's what I'm going with. Um, I'm thinking that we need to have Chirinos, Mazzara, DeShields, Rua, and Alberto as our bench. Um, Mazzara and Gomez will platoon. Rua might get a start if we're facing a really tough lefty and Bannister's gut tells him to pull out Moreland. Um, it's just that I think that Alberto and his speed being a second pinch running op- option to Delano DeShields super s- is, is more valuable than Profar being an additional uh, bat option. And especially since it's pretty much a push defensively, both of those guys can play everywhere, and they can play everywhere extremely well. So um, we'll see what happens with that. The one thing that I would say about that, I guess kind of bringing myself back into reality, is that Henser Alberto has not played hardly at all, even though the rosters have expanded, even though the Rangers have clinched the division uh, for days now. Alberto has really not have uh, been given a lot of chances to come in and play. Um, so that's been surprising. I've also I've also heard some talk about Jared Hoying making the playoff roster, and that just doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, because you know you do want that defensive specialist there to make that catch in the right field corner of never mind. Um, you do want to have a defensive specialist there, but I haven't really seen anything from Hoying that would indicate to me that he's you know a glove first guy. Um. I haven't really read anything like that either, if I if I remember correctly, um, that Hoying is a guy that's going to wow you with his glove. Um, and then he's slugging 529 uh, in the major leagues. So I really don't see how that is a good use of a playoff spot. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I was thinking the other day that this would be, you know, this is why you have Drew Stubbs because there's your defensive replacement, there's your pinch runner when you got to have a stolen base. You know, one-run game in the ninth inning. And, uh, you know, uh, Carlos Beltran gets a single. All right, well, then that's Stubbs time. And now we don't really have that. Uh, We do have DeShields. We can kind of patchwork this roster together. Um, But he would would really be a nice specialist to have. But uh, we certainly have a a talented roster, top to bottom, including the bench. And uh, it's a deep team. John Daniels has gone on record uh, a couple times just... As this team has been so special, and he's been asked about uh, how how he would compare this team to the other teams that have gone to the World Series, and and what he says every time is how deep this team is. Uh, those teams in in 2010 and 2011 were were extremely talented, uh, but I would certainly say that the bench on this team um, is deeper, and uh, you know you can rely on it way more to to come through for you. So the the other major storyline here as we wind down the regular season, uh, other than the playoff roster, is the playoff picture in terms of home field advantage and who th- what the matchups are going to be. Now, once the matchups are solidified, um, honestly, it's probably going to come down to the last day of the season. So, But once those are solidified and, and set up and we have a couple of days here to, uh, to examine those and make predictions and, and all that stuff, I'll go ahead and do that then. 
Um, but for now, I'm just going to worry about seeding and, and things like that and just taking a look at this these playoff races. So all of the divisions have been clinched by now. Um, the only exception is the Red Sox, but, I mean, come on. For all intents and purposes, it's over. Uh, I should have done better research for this. I think the magic number is two. It might be one at this point um, over the, the Toronto Blue Jays. But either way, it's going to happen. The Red Sox are going to you know, win a game or two in, in the season, and, and they'll clinch the East there. So uh, the attention turns to the two wildcard races. Uh, the, the less exciting one is also probably the tightest. Uh, it's funny how that works. Is the National League, you have the Mets at one game up on the first wild card spot then you have the uh, the Giants and then you have the Cardinals who are half a game behind them so you have a really close close race there the Giants in a historic free fall uh, somehow managing to maintain a playoff spot it's it's astounding that I'm I'm looking at this paper right here and they are in the playoffs if the season were to end today and uh, their only challenger is St. Louis um, unfortunately None of these three teams, Mets, Giants, or Cardinals, uh, none of them play each other here as we close out the season. So uh, they're all going to be kind of doing their own thing, doing some scoreboard watching, uh, which is in contrast to the American League, which is awesome. It is a knockdown, drag out, just how bad do you want it, uh, melee supreme. So you have the, the Toronto Blue Jays are two games up on the, the Orioles. Who hold the second wild card spot? There, they are followed by the Tigers, who are one game back. Who uh, are followed by the the Mariners, who are only two games back of Baltimore, so one game behind the Tigers. Uh, Houston is two and a half back of uh, the Orioles, and the Yankees are hanging on to hope they are four games out of the wild card spot. And what makes so there's a lot of things going on here. Not only do you have a lot of teams, not only do you have a lot of teams that are close to each other, you have a lot of teams that are playing each other. So here are some of the most intriguing matchups. Uh, I mean, heck, there's only two series left in this season, and and yet there's so many good ones and so many important ones. Uh, there are going to be seasons are going to be made uh, over this final stretch here. Uh, you have Baltimore is playing at Toronto for three. That series has already started, and Toronto at Boston. Uh, you have uh, then the Orioles are going to finish up with the Yankees. Uh, Boston is playing the Yankees right now. Uh, Seattle and Houston has already started, and Cleveland is playing at Detroit for a four-game series. Cleveland actually lost a game to the Tigers tonight or last night, and uh, that, that's kind of surprising because the Indians have dominated the Tigers this season. But all that to say is that these teams are playing each other, and so in the case of, for example, the Orioles. They're going to have every chance to lose their wild card spot and every chance to earn it. So, uh, really exciting stuff going on there. Um, as far as the Rangers go, Rangers really are only looking at two teams right now. They are looking at the Red Sox and they are looking at the Indians. Uh, the way that the standings are at this very moment is that the Rangers do have home field advantage. Um, they have a half a game lead over the Red Sox and they have a, what is that? one and a half game lead over the Indians. Uh, and also fortunately is that the Rangers would hold the tiebreaker over both of those teams. And they would also hold the tiebreaker over both of those teams. If all three tied for the same record. So 
I did some kind of I did I did the grunt work. I I crunched the numbers, you know, pulled out a calculator and all that good stuff and anyways, the with the order of the tiebreakers and the way that division winners are determined and seedings and, and for home field advantage and all that stuff is the Rangers would uh they own the tiebreaker over the Indians just by virtue of head to head. We won more games against them than they beat us. Um, and then we would own the tiebreaker over the Red Sox because once you move past the fact that we split the season series, you'd go on to the record against your own division. And so the Rangers have a better winning percentage against the AL West than the Red Sox do against the AL East. Now, the only way that that uh, would not be sufficient for determining the playoff winner would be if uh, the the Red Sox had won every game against the AL, AL East in these final six games. They have three against Toronto and three against, oh, who was it? It was uh, three against Toronto and three against the Yankees. That's right. So if they were to finish uh, the season by winning their final six games, then they would tie the Rangers record against the AL West, and then it would go on to another tiebreaker, which was record against the American League, which would uh, fate have it would be the exact same at 84 and 58. This is, of course, if the Rangers had won all six of their games to force a tiebreaker. Anyways, then it would have gone on to like the fourth tiebreaker, which is looking at how you did over your last 81 games, and the Red Sox would have had that advantage. But since the Red Sox lost, the Rangers are good to go, and uh, really the only thing that you need to worry about is that if the Rangers... Finish with the same record as the Red Sox. We will uh, be ranked higher than them or seated higher than them. If we finish higher than the uh, the Indians, we will be seated higher than them. And if we all finish with the same record, we will be seated higher than both of them. That's all I got for this episode of Rangers Rumblings. Uh, let me know what you think about uh, about some of these playoff roster things. Uh, what, do, what do you think we should do with Alex Claudio? Uh, what about Derek Holland? What is his future with this team and with this roster? Um, what about Colby Lewis, the big playoff Cobra? Um, are you confident in him or, or not? Uh, who do you think should get the start in Game 3? Would it be Perez or would it be Colby Lewis? Um, and and certainly let me know about Jerickson Profar. I think, I think the Profar question can be answered with another question. Is Do you think that he does anything any one thing better than any other bench option. So does he play defense better than any other bench option? Does he hit better than anybody else that you're considering? Or does he run better? And I don't think that the answer is yes, which is why I don't think that he will be on the playoff roster. But I I think that it, it, it there's no clear-cut answer. Um, so that's something that I really want to hear back from you. you. You can find me on Twitter at B-U-H Money. Let me know what you think. Um, also... I guess minor housekeeping, I guess I can do that. It's my own podcast. Um, I am looking for a co-host. Uh, would definitely like to have this kind of be a back and forth kind of thing where uh, ideas can be exchanged. And and also because, you know, my brain uh, is certainly not the, the be-all, end-all of Rangers knowledge or Rangers uh, hot takes. So... Um, if you would like to join this podcast, um, you really don't have to be that qualified. I'm certainly not qualified, and uh, we'll figure out a way to make it work. Unfortunately, the season's about to end, 
But there will be lots of things going on here as the playoffs roll around. I will definitely be podcasting more. Uh, lots of analysis, lots of speculation, lots of finger uh, fingernail biting and just uh, taking lots of tums because I'm certainly not ready to handle Sam Dyson in the ninth inning in October. Uh, I've been thinking about this moment for months and I still it still is making me nervous even right now. So anyways, uh, please do share this with your friends if you enjoyed it. Uh, I, I find myself just sitting here just wanting to hear more things about the Rangers, wanting to read more things about the Rangers. This is the most wonderful time of the year. The temperature has been dropping. It feels like October baseball. You know, it's time. We live for this. It's going to be great. Um, I'm really excited for the playoffs, obviously. Uh, I, and, I, and I really hope that we do get home field advantage. Um, but either way, I'm confident. Either way... I know that no team wants to play the Rangers. I don't think that there will be an easy matchup. But uh, like I said, I'm not really going to spend my time speculating on matchups because we'll know here uh, pretty soon what's that, I guess, the next five days, what the actual matchups are. So uh, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for my analysis. Um, And and on future episodes, I'm going to be looking at, obviously, who the Rangers draw in the playoffs, what to expect in that series, uh, and I'll also do some year-in-review kind of things. Uh, who the MVP is, according to fan graphs and baseball reference, who I think it should be, maybe who you think it should be. Maybe I'll do a Twitter poll there. Um, and maybe some other awards, some notable performances. Can Elvis Andrews uh, reach his goal of batting 300 as he continues his best offensive season in the majors? And uh, just a lot of really awesome year-in-review stuff. And... So I hope that you tune in to that. Thank you so much for listening. Go Rangers.